Hey, welcome to The Verified Christian, where real Christians try to live a verified Christian life. Hey folks, welcome back to The Verified Christian. I'm Casey Clement, your host, along with Matthew Oklachaney, your other host. And we also have, once again this week, our good friend David Dean. And thanks again for having me. It's been a real good time being here to speak with y'all to learn more about the Word of God. Yeah, brother. Well, we've enjoyed the fellowship and catching up and doing this podcast with you. We pick back up in our part three series of giving on failures and what that entails if we fail to give in our lives. Absolutely. You know, when anytime you have a failure, you, you have to look at the causes. You have to look at what that could point to and, and what it shows about the individual. Uh, in particular, when we talk about giving, one of the leading causes for failure is a lack of teaching. And, you know, that that's on us sometimes. You know, ignorance is, is just simply not knowing or not having been taught. And so many are ignorant to the fact that in every facet of our lives, we have something to give back to God. And ultimately, that's what we talked about last week is, is everything that we do, we should do as if we're doing it for the Lord. And so there is that ignorance. There is that lack of teaching, just never having been taught. But also there's another issue, and that's having been taught, but just simply not caring. Are taught wrong. Or which taught is, wrong. That's right. That's what I was going to do. Which goes right to rebellion too. You know, we have people who are actively out there teaching the wrong thing because they are in active rebellion against God on this subject and every other subject. That's right. And, and we don't want to elevate any one subject as if it is more important than any other. If we fall short, if we fail in any one part of being a verified Christian, we lose that verification, right? And and we can't we can't expect God to verify us, so to speak, as a child of God if we don't meet all the criteria. Well, we've cultivated the mindset, even in the church and especially in the world today, that we have to look out for number one instead of being a steward and, and having a giving attitude, we cultivated a very selfish attitude in our country. It's really made its way into the church. Like you said, a lack of teaching. We have failed um, in teaching the importance of being a giver and living out a giver uh, lifestyle. But, you know, as we're talking about failures in giving, as you mentioned, it's it's all about me, me, me. Well, being a Christian is supposed to be all about God all about our neighbor, all about you know where we put ourselves on that list, and you know below the floor, we're very bottom. Right, and now we we try to preach and teach that we are to be giving and and be givers, but now when we realize that it can be sinful if we are selfish and not um, being a steward of God's word and and living out His word in our lives, it's so very important to do that. And when we teach that that it's sinful. What becomes rebellion if we don't repent and put those things into practice? You know, it's a very good point. We have to put all these things that we've been taught into practice. You know, the Apostle Paul teaches us, uh, and just as he taught the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7, he says, Every man according as he's purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so whether we're talking about giving or singing or whether we're talking about uh, just being a good, obedient Christian, 
We have to set our mind and our affections on doing the things that the Lord loves. Because as we said last week, you know, God, he's the creator. He owns all things. We are his possession and we will have to give an answer of what we do with his possession because we are good stewards or to be good stewards. And so we have to put all of that into practice to be the Christians that he would have us to be. Yeah, and I, go ahead, David. Otherwise, we are in open rebellion. Yeah, that's exactly and right. I think a perfect example of that is Christ and the life that he came to live in service to God. He could have very well came here and made us bow down and made us worship him, but that's not the kind of God we serve, and that's not Jesus. He came to give his life to live in service for who? To God. And, and die on the cross ultimately for that ultimate sacrifice, but he came and gave his life and lived his life in service to his Father. That's right. He came not having his own will, but the will of the Father. What was it? John 6, 28, 6, 38. John 6, 38, Jesus said, I came not to do my will, but the Father who sent me. Not my will, but thine be done. That's exactly Which right. Which goes right back into the idea of a servant and the example Christ established for us. That's exactly right. You know, when we think about the lack of teaching and then not just the lack of teaching but the rebellion toward what has been taught um there's also the idea of those who've taught as you said a moment ago wrongly or they focused on one part one aspect and they've left something out like they it's almost like they run past jerusalem running from rome right they they yeah. they go too far in one aspect and they leave something else untaught. And we've got to be careful of that too, right? Uh, we've got to make certain that we don't just believe the Bible in certain areas and just don't adhere to it in others. And I'm afraid that we see that all too often, even within the church. You know, there are those that will say, well, I know it's, 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 wrong, to, it's wrong for me to go out here and get drunk, but hey, I'll see you at the casino later. We'll go gambling, right? And, you, and things to that nature. And, and so I think many times people pick and choose certain things from scriptures that they follow. And Your advice is wrong. Are. My advice is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, well, you know, not I've, everybody can be perfect like me, right? <laughs> <It's> I've, <laughs> I've heard of individuals even tearing pages out of their Bible because something that is said bothers them. Oh, well, that's not in my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, like um, well, Jehoiakim, right? Jehoiakim took his penknife, and he didn't like the the law or the things written therein, and so he took his penknife and cut it out. So many people do that today, and we've got to be careful to make sure that we don't do those kind of things as well, or else we will be in utter rebellion toward God. Which, when you really consider it, all of it comes down to a lack of faith in God's word. We are in rebellion because we don't believe in God. We have this lopsided, you know, opinion of God's word because we don't believe in God. It's all about a lack of faith, or just not trusting Him. Really, is not believing Him. That's it. And and you know, you hear people today they, they talk about well, I just I, I don't know that my trust is where it should be. Well, ultimately, that means my faith is not where it should be, because faith is trust, and it's it's hard it's hard enough even for people to admit they don't trust God fully or trust God enough but when they hear that it's a lack of faith they take that as a slap in the face 
Doesn't James talk about a double-minded man being unstable in all his ways? That's right, James 1 and verse 8. Uh, that's that yeah. idea presented there is we have to trust that God can and will do as he says. We have to trust that God knows what he's talking about. That's right. And we have to do as he says. That's it. Right. And you just mentioned James 1 and verse 8, James 2 and verse 18. He says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you my faith by my works. And so we have a responsibility to God in in all things, in every facet of life, because as we said last week, he owns all things. We are his possession, and we are his stewards of what he's given us. Fellas, I think another important point we need to realize is, is we need to be unified and cooperative with the church and its purpose. That's in worship. That's in giving. That's in service. All these things we need to be cooperative, especially in our giving. You know, that's what Paul says. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. 2 Corinthians 6 1. We have to work together. We have to have a interest. And I think that's one of the, the key points to consider is are we interested in what we're doing? Are we interested in the work of God? Yeah, that's exactly right. There, even when we have a lack of interest, there's many times it's due to a lack of faith, and sometimes we trust in God, but we just we can't get motivated. Uh, you know, it's always it's always been interesting to me, especially as a preacher. Whenever I would go and visit with other congregations, especially those that are looking for a preacher, I can't tell you how many times I would hear elderships elderships say. We just need a good young man to come in and motivate us. Hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure one reason why I was not offered the position is because I told one eldership that if the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ doesn't motivate you, I can't help you. And what's more, and I mean, let's speak the harsh truth here. It's the eldership, it's the shepherd's job to motivate and guard the flock. That's right. You know, when we have even our leaders within the congregation who have a lack of interest in whether it be mission work or uh, just the work of the Lord, period, that's not setting a good example for the brethren. And and so this lack of interest shows, uh, like we said, a lack of faith in God and the church. You know, the church is is to support the brethren. It's it's a, to support itself. It is the pillar and ground of truth. And and so, you know, the church needs to be able to send send men out to present the gospel, but it cannot do that without the proper resources. Um, And and we're talking about our responsibility to give and not necessarily on a financial basis, but that's also a part of it. You know, we've got to, I mean, as we ended last week, Matthew, you know, you brought out a, a great point of how we have a responsibility to give the gospel to others. And sometimes that takes financial resources. Right. And a lack of faith in God's word leads to so many different pitfalls. Um, a lack of interest 
in mission work, a lack of interest in the work of the church and even the local congregation as a whole. If I have a lack of faith and I just don't care, I'm not going to care about those other things. And it just leads to all those. The work of the church is divided into three categories, evangelism, benevolence, and edification. That's right. If we, and it's not just, sometimes we're really good. We'll, we'll send all the money to India in the world. But we will not step foot in the arena of benevolence. What are we doing? We're muzzling the ox so it treads out the corn if we don't support the local church. And and that's with everything. Mission work, the preacher, the teachers, all these things. Absolutely. Benevolence. We we have to be interested in benevolence, too. We have to be interested in people. That's right. We've got to be. That's the key, I think. Um, You know, last week we talked about the heart of giving. And if we have the heart that's a heart of giving we would have a heart of compassion when we see someone else in need we should see to that need you know to the best of our ability the church in jerusalem had a daily ministration act 6 1 that's right they took care of each other they cared about one another you know it's interesting there in acts chapter 6 i'm glad you brought that up in acts chapter 6 that was the first really big church issue if you will and Notice what they did in Acts chapter 6. The congregation came together. All of God's people came together and they asked the apostles to come and to see to this matter. And remember in verse 4, they said, we have to be about the ministry of the word. Choose seven good men who are devout, who are full of the spirit, you know, of good reputation, that they can see to this. We've got to be about the prayer and the ministry of the word. And, and so that's exactly what they did. And the sad thing is a lot of people are not about that anymore. They're about themselves. They're about their lives and what they got going on. And I know the world's hard right now, but we still got to find um, a method to give to God that's, regardless of, of what's going on, you know. And, and it's a, it comes down to a love of money rather than a love of for God. And, you know, I, I do want to, and this is a little bit off topic, and, you know, y'all can... Y'all can forgive me for it. But it's not always money. I get it. Sometimes we don't have money. You know, sometimes you bring a meal. Sometimes you spend an hour of your time. Uh, Giving to God is more than money. Giving to God is something we have to do, and we have to do it with what He has blessed us with. Right. It may be that you have an elderly church member who's maybe her porch is about to fall in. Uh, Maybe you don't really have the money, but maybe you've got some spare lumber laying around and and maybe you can go and help her out. You know, it, we live in, in central Louisiana. And, uh, of course, David, you know, he's south Arkansas. Um, he's He lives in L.A., lower Arkansas. But, um, you know, even in lower Arkansas, you got to have an air conditioner. Yes. And I remember being at a congregation. Uh, there was a lady there, an elderly lady. Her air conditioner, she had one of those window units. And the window unit was sagging so bad, it lost its outside support. And rather than her family fixing that air conditioner, um, her her children and her grandchildren were more worried about their own lives rather than hers. And you know, it's it was one of those things. All it took was somebody to go over there with a little bit of time couple of two by fours and and just to fix that for her and that is showing care and compassion that's giving back to the lord yeah we didn't you know it was done for her Mm -hmm. but that action was not just 
to her or for her, it was also to glorify the Lord. And Correct. that's the heart. Right. Exactly it's the heart, right. it's the inner man, and it's not the covetous attitude, which I probably should have plugged in there with the, the love of money and all that. However, I mean, the love of money really is the issue. And and having the covetous attitude for that can be a pitfall if we don't give as we're supposed to. That's right. Um, Colossians 3 and verse 5, you know, we learn that covetousness is idolatry. And uh, forgive me, I'm going to plug my podcast for a second. In the Faith and Reflection podcast, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about idols in the heart. And we said on that podcast that an idol can be anything, anything that we set higher than or in a greater priority than God in glorifying God. That could even be my spouse. That could be the relationship that I have with my children. That could be the... Football. My misunderstanding, what's that? Football. Football, basketball, base, rugby, you know, whatever it might be. But that could even be my misunderstanding of God's Word. And think about that one for a moment. You know, we were talking about not only being taught, but being taught correctly. Uh, if I'm taught wrong, and I glorify that above what God actually taught, that then becomes my idol. Because I'm not truly worshiping Him as I ought. And so we have to have a love for God above all else. And we know that the love of money, as you said, is the root of all. And rather than loving money, we must love God. And we do that by investing our time and our money, giving of ourselves to the Lord. And so, Brother David, will you talk to us just a little bit about proper investment? You know, Roger Babson said, one dollar spent for lunch lasts five hours. $1 $1 spent for a necktie lasts five weeks. $1 spent for a cap lasts five months. $1 spent for an automobile lasts five years. $1 spent in the service of God lasts for eternity. We're all about trying to make our dollar last as much as possible. Uh, right now, I want to stretch my dollar as far <laughs> as I can. Save my pennies. Certainly in this economy. But when we're talking about God and we're talking about investing as he would have us to invest, being good stewards, all these things that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, last few weeks, we have to make sure that we're putting our money, our time, our energy, whatever it is, putting it where God would have us to put it, investing in the right things. And the Bible promises if we do that, we'll receive a hundredfold. You know, we'll double our investment with eternal life. If we just delay gratification, live in this life in service to him, giving that time, and our lives to Him, we will gain so much more reward than we could ever possibly imagine. Absolutely. Let's not line our own coffers instead. Let's make sure that we are investing in our spiritual home. Let's make sure that we're laying up a store for us in heaven. That's exactly right. Guys, we appreciate y'all so very much for tuning in with us this week. Be with us again next week, and we will have a lot of great content for you then. Thanks. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Verified Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a rating or review and subscribe so you won't miss any content. If you have any questions, email the verified Christian at gmail.com. Thank you.